hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. We have a great show this week, and I wanted to kick off with a brief discussion about one of the most common questions I receive, uh, whether it's in a public presentation in the question and answer period or online. And that question is, why are so many doctors and healthcare providers basically following a narrative as if they're in a trance, as if they just are blindly following uh, basically a program that makes no sense including not treating COVID-19, allowing patients to be hospitalized and suffer, some of them dying. Why are they blindly recommending the vaccine and not giving any critical review to vaccine safety or efficacy? Why do they say take a vaccine, any vaccine? Don't they care which one's the best vaccine? Don't they care if it's safe for that particular patient? Why do medical societies that have a tradition of defending and protecting their patients like the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology? Why do they, uh, without any regard for safety, recommend COVID-19 vaccination in women who are pregnant with no randomized clinical trial data, with clear exclusions from the registrational trials for these patients, and then now uh, observed poor outcomes in a whole variety of reports as well as in published studies? Uh, knowingly that the COVID-19 vaccines through their production of spike protein have a dangerous mechanism of action. In fact, they should be pregnancy category X. They have to be proven safe before they're ever utilized in a pregnant woman. How can these divergences occur uh, so far from conventional uh, community practice and reasonable standards of care? Well, in September, Professor Matthias Desmet from the uh, clinical professor of psychology in the University of Ghent in Ghent, Belgium, uh, presented uh, in a series of interviews uh, some important concepts that center on what's called mass formation psychosis. And that is a process by which uh, a period of free-floating anxiety and fear ultimately take over the human mind. And there is actually a loss of critical thinking and cognitive functioning, and then basically a blind following of a narrative. So uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Matthias Desmet had a breakthrough interview with Dan Aston Gregory of A Planet Lockdown, who's an award-winning journalist. I've worked with Dan in the past on one of his programs, and I wanted you to hear an excerpt from that interview. So this is an excerpt from Pandemic Podcast, and the title of the interview is Why Do So Many Still Buy Into the Narrative? Let's listen in. Good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome to the Pandemic Podcast. Today we are asking the question, why do so many still buy into the narrative? Does it sometimes feel like you're surrounded by people who've been hypnotized in some way? Well, maybe you are. 
My guest tonight is Professor Matthias Desmet. Uh, he's a professor of clinical psychology at Ghent University in Belgium. And his observations over the past 18 months have led him to conclude that the overwhelming majority have indeed fallen under some kind of spell. Except that it's not actually a spell. There's no witchcraft here, or maybe there is. Uh, but the term for this is mass formation. And right now it's manifesting as a psychological response, not unlike hypnosis, to the unrelenting single focus campaign of fear to which we've all been subjected over the last 12 to 18 months. So tonight I'm gonna to be exploring with Mateus some of the triggers and what sustains this mass response and where this could ultimately lead us and why a minority somehow managed uh, to remain unaffected and whether there's anything we can collectively do to break this spell before it's too late. We'll be exploring how socialization, uh, isolation, a lack of sense making, some of the background factors around free floating anxiety and other factors, how these elements lead to mass formation and ultimately totalitarian thinking uh, as we've witnessed during uh, the coronavirus crisis. So it's a huge pleasure to welcome on the back of our interview with Rainer Formick last night, uh, Professor Matthias Desmond. He's been a, an expert witness within uh, Rainer's uh, coronavirus committee and we've got him here tonight to explore these important issues. A huge welcome to the Pandemic Podcast. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. So, so this is a fascinating subject. Um, you, you've got a background in uh, psychology. You work as a psychoanalyst. Um, what, what fascinates me is, is, is the human aspects of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And, and we were discussing prior to broadcasting here, you know, why so many people who um, are in the field of psychology have, have, have taken time to recognize what's going on. So. Um, I'd like to start by asking you the question, what, what led you to personally recognize um, what you're being told may not be right? Was there a defining moment? Did you know straight away? Uh, what led you to recognize that something wasn't quite right? Well, I immediately, from the beginning of the crisis, uh, uh, I had a feeling that there was something wrong with the, with the mainstream narrative, but I couldn't um, really uh, indicate what exactly I, I, I thought there was wrong. But I started actually, I have a double degree. On the one hand, I, I, uh, I'm a professor in, psych, in clinical psychology, but uh, I also have a, a, got a master degree, degree in statistics. And in the beginning of the crisis, uh, I actually started to analyze some figures and some graphs and, 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 and some statistics on the mortality of the virus, the infection fatality rate, the case fatality rate, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Immediately, I, 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 I noticed that uh, most statistics um, uh, dramatically overestimated uh, the dangerousness of the virus. Uh, and I was not alone. Uh, 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 there were several other uh, statisticians, sometimes world-famous um, uh, medical statisticians, such as uh, Ioannidis uh, of Stanford, uh, for instance, uh, who also warned, uh, uh, tried to warn the people and the governments that um, um, uh, there was a good possibility that uh, the coronavirus was much less dangerous than most models claimed. But in one way or another, all these uh, uh, dissonant voices did not really have much effect. Um, uh, but for me personally, uh, by the end of May 2020, uh, it was proven beyond doubt uh, that uh, the initial uh, 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 mathematical models um, uh, um, uh, uh, overestimated uh, the, the, the mortality uh, of the virus. For instance, we all know that uh, the mathematical models that uh, had most impact on the corona measures were probably those issued by uh, uh, Imperial College uh, in London. And um, uh, these models actually predicted that 
by the end of May 2020, uh, uh, in a country like Sweden, about 80,000 people would die if the country would not go into lockdown. And the country did not go into lockdown. And by the end of May 2020, uh, the virus claimed about 6,000 people in Sweden, and no more than that, uh, which meant that the, that the models actually overestimated uh, the mortality of the virus by a factor of 15. And so, so what Dr. Desmet uh, is saying is that uh, from the very beginning, there were gross overestimations of how terrible the pandemic would be. And as he studied it, uh, he had done a lot of lecturing work on mass formation, and then he basically uh, felt like he hit the nail on the head uh, a few months later on in 2020. Let's listen. As a process of large-scale mass formation, that's what's happening. And uh, looking back, uh, looking back, it, it, it really surprised me that it took me so long because I had been lecturing on mass formation for <laughs> four years at Ghent University. So, but at that moment, I, I had the feeling like yeah, that's what's going on, and I also uh, uh, could really show. Uh, how exactly this process had been emerging in our society uh, and how it, uh, it, 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 uh, it uh, provoked the effects uh, that it had in our society. Brilliant. C can I ask you to very briefly define what mass formation is? Could you yes. just can you summarize? Yes, mass formation is, is a specific phenomenon uh, which uh, uh, emerges in a society if a few conditions are met. Uh, so there are, there are at least four conditions that have to be fulfilled before a large-scale phenomenon of mass formation can emerge. Uh, the first and most important condition is that there should be a lack of people experiencing a, a, a lack of social bond, a lack of social connectedness. The second condition is that there have to be a lot of people who experience a lack of meaning making. And these two are actually associated to each other. People are human, uh, humans are, 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 are social beings. And if they experience a lack of social connectedness, a lack of social bond, they will probably also experience a lack of meaning making. And then the third condition is that there have to be a lot of people who experience a lot of free floating anxiety. This means anxiety that is not connected to a mental representation. For instance, if you see a lion and you're scared, then you know what you're scared of. You, your anxiety in that case is connected to a mental representation. Um, but if it is not connected to a mental representation, you end up in an extremely aversive, negative, emotional state in which you deal with the kind of anxiety that you cannot control. So first condition, lack of social bond. Second condition, lack of meaning making or sense making in life. The third condition. Uh, a lot of free-floating anxiety and psychological discontent. And then the fourth condition, a lack of free-floating uh, frustration and aggression, uh, a kind of aggression that is uh, that you feel inside of yourself, but that you cannot uh, uh, direct or aim at a certain object or cause. So and then, uh, under these con when these conditions are met, something really typical can happen in a society. When under these conditions, uh, narrative is distributed through the mass media indicating an object of anxiety and at the same time providing a strategy to deal with this object of anxiety then there might be a huge willingness in the population to go along to participate in the strategy and why because all this free-floating anxiety which is so hard to control connects to this object of anxiety and in this way that's the first advantage all this free-floating anxiety is now connected to an to a mental representation and then 
Just by participating in the strategy, you can mentally control the object of anxiety. For instance, if a narrative is distributed which says that there is a very dangerous virus and that we should go into lockdown, if these four conditions are met, then there might be an extremely extraordinary willingness to participate in the strategy and the lockdowns, uh, 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 even when uh, uh, it, uh, the, 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 the narrative in itself is, is absolutely absurd. So, and what happens is actually something very important. When people start to participate all together in the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety, a new kind of social bond and a new kind of meaning making emerges, mm. which means that there is like a new kind of solidarity that emerges. And this makes that people switch from a highly aversive, negative mental state of social isolation, uh, interpersonal isolation, to the exact opposite, to the extremely high level of connectedness that exists in a crowd or a mass. So, and then people start a heroic battle with the object of anxiety, which leads to a kind of mental intoxication of connectedness, which is the real reason why people continue to buy into the narrative, even if it's utterly absurd or blatantly wrong. <laughs> so, okay. It's a kind of a ritual. It's a kind of a ritual. It has exactly the same function as a ritual. A, a ritual is a kind of behavior that people participate in to show that they belong to a group, to create a group, to create a collective, to create solidarity. And you can even say about rituals that the more absurd they are from a practical perspective, the better they function as a ritual, <laughs> of course, because then the more absurd they are, the more purely they become a sign that shows that they belong to a group. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot. Uh, and I think this is uh, probably the most meaningful explanation I've heard for the mass behavior that we see that seems to uh, accept uh, lockdowns and masking and now mass vaccination uh, that, that seems basically ridiculous and uh, it's moving forward uh, in basically a lockstep around the world. I think this is far and away the best explanation. I think all of you can uh, think about your circles and have an understanding that uh, Dr. Matthias uh, Desmond from Ghent University is right on the track with this. So I have cited his interview. He did this interview with uh, Dan Aston uh, Gregory uh, on Pandemic Podcast, uh, but as well as he's done one with uh, Reiner Fulmich, who's uh, the German lawyer who's attempting to file cases of crimes against humanity. Uh, and so he's one of the uh, individuals, in a sense, who's been deposed. I've uh, talked with both of those other individuals, uh, Dan Eston Gregory and Reiner Fulmich, in other recorded events in the past, so I know them as well. But I thought this was a breakthrough. Uh, this happened in September. It's honestly going to be my answer when I'm at the podium, when people ask me, Dr. McCullough, what in the world is going on, and uh, how can we explain this uh, behavior, which is basically, as Dr. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Desmond says, is absurd. It's basically absurd. And uh, the real question is, 
how 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 long will this go on in this uh, absurdity? And uh, so listen to the full interview. It goes for over an hour. I think it basically should count for an hour of psychology, continuing medical education or health education. So I wanted to bring that forward. There's a few other updates which I thought were uh, excellent uh, in the last week, and uh, you can find them on the internet easily. Both of them came from lead attorney Aaron Seary and his uh, co-counsel Elizabeth Brem. And through a Freedom of Information Act request to the CDC, the question was asked to the CDC, has there ever been a patient who had COVID-19, a well-documented illness, and then later on in time developed a well-documented case of COVID-19 again, and then on that second episode, spread the virus to anyone? And the answer was from the CDC, no. We have never recorded such a case. In fact, we're not recording such information. I can tell you the CDC as a major stakeholder in promoting vaccination. If they had evidence that an individual truly could get COVID-19 a second time and in fact spread it, they would highlight that as absolutely the reason why COVID-19 recovered patients should in fact subject themselves to vaccination. The fact that they had nothing is what I've been telling Americans on national TV for months now. I knew that couldn't happen clinically. Uh, we know that the natural immunity is robust, complete, and durable. In fact, you can go to the Brownstone Institute website and see the work of Dr. Paul Alexander. We are far more than 130 papers supporting natural immunity. Now with this CDC admission, uh, we are off to the races with natural immunity. CDC indicates uh, somewhere near 150 million Americans have natural immunity after SARS-CoV-2. In fact, after the Delta pandemic, that uh, outbreak, it may be closer to 200 million. That's a huge number of people who do not need to wear masks, who can go visit their loved ones in the hospital without any masks and take care of patients with COVID-19 themselves. And also a huge number of people who either don't need to take the vaccine or certainly don't need to get in line for boosters. So I think this is a really breakthrough piece of information and everybody should uh, take a, a very happy note in their personal history if they've had SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 infection. It's well documented. People ask me, Dr. McCullough, how can I document my case? Well, if you've had the characteristic signs and symptoms, nasal congestion, uh, 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 headache, loss of taste and smell, fever, constitutional symptoms, and there is a positive PCR test and or a positive uh, antigen test, uh, which tests for the presence of the nucleocapsid, that is a solid case. In fact, it would be really solid if the cycle threshold on the PCR was 28 or below as recommended by the CDC, although I recognize most of you who've had it. If you look at the cycle threshold on your test, it probably runs uh, well up over uh, 40, but I'd still take it as a well-documented case that would qualify as natural immunity. Well, what if you uh, didn't have a test, it was early on, and and, and uh, you just didn't have access to getting tests, but you thought you had COVID-19? Uh, you can get a antibody test, and if you go to your doctor, and the antibody test is ordered through Roche, or, or through LabCorp, or Abbott, or Orthoclinical Diagnostics, or um, uh, one of the major uh, laboratory platforms, and uh, the antibody is positive, 
then it clearly indicates uh, that you've had the infection, you have natural immunity, because the positive controls on these assays are people sick enough to be in the ICU, and it's really hard to hit that. In fact, about 15% of people after COVID-19 infection at any time just can't have a high enough antibody titer uh, to hit those standards. There are now our antibodies directed against the nucleocapsid as well as the spike protein that can be measured. The one thing you can do is you can donate a unit of blood. I know some blood banking systems, I know the one here in Dallas, uh, Carter Blood Center, they use orthoclinical diagnostics. That is a little bit lower threshold uh, to hit on antibodies. But let's say you thought you had COVID-19, you either didn't get the antibodies or can't get a positive antibody titer on uh, a, a test, then the last uh, line of proving your immunity would be to get a T-detect test. Uh, go to uh, t-detect.com and you fill out your information and uh, the laboratory director there at the company will review it. And when approved, uh, you'll be given permission to go to LabCorp in the United States and get your blood drawn. They'll take two tubes of blood. They extract the DNA and then analyze the DNA for minor chromosomal changes that indicate that your T cells, in fact, are expressing cell surface receptors that can recognize SARS-CoV-2 and then activate the T cell, natricular cell, and plasma cell response to uh, the presence of the virus if you encounter it again. So those three levels of proving the natural immunity are worth doing. I think I tell anybody, go ahead and do it because if we win on natural immunity, the question will come up in the future, how can you prove that you have natural immunity? In fact, you'd want to do that. I think everybody would want to build that uh, portfolio. So I wanted to give you the update there. The other update I want to give you, which I think is really a stunning, stunning uh, reflection of the desire to be opaque and the desire to uh, block any type of transparency on data, again, came from lead attorney at, uh, Aaron Siri and Elizabeth Brem, his co-counsel. And uh, they had filed a lawsuit uh, uh, to the FDA naming Pfizer, requesting the release of the Pfizer data to a panel of 30 external experts that would review the Pfizer dossier. Since Pfizer was far enough along in terms of uh, boosters, far enough along in terms of uh, uh, adolescent, now childhood vaccination, Pfizer was the target of this lawsuit. And then uh, uh, this panel would then at least be able to analyze the dossier for Americans and give a fair independent uh, review of it. And there was 30 named experts. I'm one of them, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. And so uh, uh, what we learned from this interchange is that the FDA asked a federal judge to withhold releasing the documents to our group until 2076. Can you imagine 55 years of delay before America actually gets to learn what happened with the Pfizer regulatory dossier? We heard a number somewhere around 400,000 uh, pages of uh, documents. And I can tell you, I do a lot of day safety monitoring work, and this is not uh, unsurprising uh, because uh, the idea is we have safety reports that are quite large. Sometimes Day Safety Monitoring Board will have 8,000 pages, 10,000 pages, 15,000 patients per meeting review. So to be upwards of you know 400,000 pages is not, uh, to me, a big deal. We would work our way through it and learn what in the world is going on with these vaccines. But this uh, statement that the FDA wanted to hold back information from the American public till 2076, I think everybody should be outraged. Um, we can make a very strong claim right now 
that that there is no intentions of being transparent to America or the world on COVID-19 vaccination, at least with respect to the Pfizer dossier. So what we'll do is we'll finish out this segment of the McCullough Report. Our listeners basically uh, send me a recommendation on what they think is uh, music reflective of the times, the sociological, the cultural strain that we have uh, as some of us are fully, I guess, immersed in a mass formation. Uh, and then others have clear eyes and understand uh, what's going around and have the ability to critical think. Obviously, the critical thinkers are on the side of generating the music, but I think it is fun to listen and get an understanding of what the emotions of the time are and how people are basically settling their resolve on what they're going to do in terms of the next steps in navigating themselves their families, and the course of their lives through the COVID-19 global disaster. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. I want to say a brief word about healthy cell, basically gel pack nutritional supplements that are easily taken. This weekend at Thanksgiving, I had the pleasure of having four individuals in my house for Thanksgiving dinner over age 80. In fact, one was well over age 90. And when you look at people that age, there is certainly a slowdown in so many different aspects of bodily function, including absorption of vitamins, uh, minerals, and other key micronutrients. The Healthy Cell product line the Immune Super Boost, the uh, Focus and Memory, and then the REM Sleep Supplement are perfect for octogenarians and nonagenarians that may have impaired absorptive capabilities. They clearly have gastric hypomotility. These big, clumsy, old vitamin tablets that aren't well absorbed are just not cutting it. I personally have been giving these cherished loved ones the Healthy Cell product line as they recover from lockdown COVID-19, and all the fallout of the crisis. And so it works well for me and my family members, and it'll work well for you. Go to HealthyCell.com and use the promo code OUTLOUD to get 20% off your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com 
is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. The COVID-19 global disaster has really brought out so many changes in society. And several shows ago, I took the risk of sharing some music with you. In fact, I was encouraged by guitarist Eric Clapton, who I had met in my journeys and spent some time with Eric, and we talked about how music reflects, uh, in a sense, sociocultural change. In fact, I mentioned uh, music back from the 1960s, kind of protest music, and of course, he lived through that era as a middle-aged man. I was just a kid at the time. Uh, But we did agree that uh, music does reflect what's going on in the hearts and minds and souls of so many people around the country. So I, I basically started taking requests from you, the listeners, about music that you have run, run into that somehow deals with the pandemic or how people um, uh, feel about things. And so this one was brought to me uh, in the past, and I thought maybe it was a little too charged to show to play on the show, but I've had second thoughts, and so here we go. This is High Res and Jimmy Levy. Welcome to the revolution, and let's have a, a listen just for uh, a few minutes. Thank you. 
my soul, they want power and control. This their number one goal. All my friends turn to foes. Look how easily they fold. Even Nazis say they were doing what they told. Walking down this road all alone in the cold. But my soul never sold. I'm exposing the clothes. God has chosen this role. All of those who oppose want me hopeless and broke. Like I'm no one votes. I'm just trying to tell them all about the flood. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my blood. Man, I came up out the mud. Only God is my judge. I don't listen to these politicians. They the real thugs. Won't comply with the lies. They disguise it in science. They want you complying. The media's bias. These corporate giants are capitalizing on us by dividing. But I'll keep on fighting. Well, there you go. It's a revolution, and they hit on many of the key concepts in terms of compliance, even the allegory towards uh, Nazism. The video shows even some signs about myocarditis, this heart inflammation that uh, we've covered on the McCullough Report in the past. So I wanted you to, uh, you know, to hear that, and I thought it was pretty, um, pretty strong. That was uh, forwarded on. I want to give credit to Eric Levine, who sent that. And I thought uh, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty good. And my second thought and review on that, let me know. But I, I think it was okay, and uh, I think the words and the themes were all uh, appropriate for the time. Now this next one was forwarded to me by Ginger Bregan, and she is one of the two main authors, her and Peter Bregan, of COVID nineteen and the Global Predators. And this single is credited to Grant Elman of presence and is called scam and I think you'll understand why uh, it has this title it's pretty fun and uh, why don't we have a listen Break down the walls that we got to unify. Differences between us make us beautiful and divine. Validation, them they use that difference to divide. I and I know who I am, my heart is in alignment. Standing up to the tyrants, no need to live in confinement. Babylon crumbling before my eyes, I'm not surprised yet. Every breath I take in the oxygen, I'm optimizing. My health is my true wealth, and no vaccine will compromise it. Needles injecting into the ship, but they genetically modified. Installing the operating system, 5G comes online. The death by drugs and chemicals and heavy metals have to make the headlines. Payments on the virus, which they never purified. That's right. Because we're living through a scam. Yeah, yeah. I said we're living through a scam. A scam, a scam. Said we're living through a scam. Yeah. Said there's a new type of Nazi on the block. 
Political correctness is the branding on the flock Operation Warp Speed coming with a vaccine When the needles come at me, there's only one who takes a shot Hey, I got the 12-gauge in the closet, 357 for my bedside Look on my appendix, I'm athletic, train myself right Contact tracers come at me, your medics won't be too sight On this human body, self-defense, it is my birthright Indoctrination from cradle to grave, I'm not living under a slave state Figure that you're the criminals can only rule you through religion and hate Authority held in belief, a majority fear nothing more than a spirit conformity Outnumber them, thousand or one, wake from your slumber, drop out to this one yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're living through a scam, yeah, yeah I say we're living through a scam, a scam, a scam I say we're living through a scam Selection, let the fraud get your attention Every voice is put to me Publicly thrown with no objection To aggression, no oppression Or violent tax collection True democracy is each individual Making her own selections 51, picking their own That 49, that's my pool Dialectics to this practice Even the fight is not cool Time for us to each become The master of our destiny Individual suffering dying Is the way to free society Rise up, take the power back up Rise up and be the change you want to see Rise up, the silence is compliance Let your words shape your future destiny hey, Rise up, I counter-attack you Rise up, take a step of love and peace Rise up, there's no more playing small now The time has come to choose to be free Cause we're living through a scam well, that's Grant Elman. We living through a scam. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. He looks like he's out in Sonoma. And uh, when he says the only thing, only shot coming near me, and he's holding a gun. So you got to take a look at that. I thought that was, uh, again, a pretty strong statement. Young creative guy, uh, really a sign of the time. The next one is self-explanatory. It was forwarded to me by Jenny Petanaro, and it's Johnny Bitcoin. The title of the piece is Take This Jab and Shove It. Take this jab and shove it. We ain't buying this no more. We ain't woke, but we're wide awake. Know what freedom's for. Joe and Swap done poke the bear, so we're showing them the door. Take this jab and shove it. We ain't buying this no more. Fauci lied and told us all to take one for the team. With fake news, he sold us all a stinking pile of steam. The CDC can KMA for all the things they did. They're nuttier than hell. Think they're gonna shoot that crap at our kids. Take this jab and shove. We ain't buying this no more. We ain't woke, but we're wide awake. 
Johnny Bitcoin, take this jab and shove it. I can tell you if Johnny was a doctor, I think he'd lose his hospital staff privileges over that one. Now, I just have one more for this segment. This one came in from listener Alex, who sent me in the, the artist, his name is Roman, and the title is I Won't Comply. It's really a crazy looking guy with a ukulele on a beach, but let's have a listen. I don't have it because I never got it. I don't want it. Cause I don't trust you. Yeah, you still insist. I need a proof of vaccination to exist. And so the lies persist. But some of us can tell. And you bet we will resist. I hope you know it's plain to see. The pseudoscience you misuse on the TV. All the power you abuse to keep the people confused and afraid. How is this still going on? This first been going for way too long. If you ain't blind, you can see that this is wrong. And I won't comply. I mean, no way, I may be wrong, and after all, I'm just a singer. But I'm not afraid to use my brain and middle finger. So go ahead and do your thing, but I'm not taking anything. These vaccine passports are a crime, and so I sing. Hell no, am I gonna get it? Hell no. H E double L N O. Don't trust the government? Hell no. Do I comply? Hell no. H E double L N O. I don't think he would probably comply with too much looking at his lifestyle on the beach, but that was terrific. That was Roman. I won't comply. Boy, if music doesn't tell a story about how people feel during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, one of the lines in that last piece was he says, how has this been going on so long? And if you go back to the front half of the McCullough report, Dr. Matthias Desmond basically says why it's gone on so long. It's a mass formation that people basically have 
the convergence of these four elements that's driving this mass psychosis. It's far beyond uh, what the virus would ever call for. We've gone through the science over and over again on the McCullough Report, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, you know, we have, uh, as a group, and there are affiliated groups, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, the Frontline Critical Care Consortium, American Frontline Doctors, and the Truth for Health Foundation. And there are certainly more uh, out there, but these uh, four major groups do have a series of programs. And we're taking our message out on the road. We are going out there and we are giving our message. We are drawing crowds of 500 to 5,000 people. We typically have a program early in the day for lawmakers or for physicians. And then we have the big open public programs, but it's a reawakening of science as people come forward and take time out of their day, sit in the chair for a few hours, and just learn the science. We're going over the data. Every slide has a citation. Uh, it is as tight as it can possibly be, be. It's basically like going to a medical grand rounds for the public. And I think that's the only way that we do ultimately melt down this mass formation, have the psychosis basically be lifted and move on in life. So with that, let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You know, I have to put a good word in for Healthy Cell. They have three lines of products that I've been using now for months. One is Immune Super Boost, which is a daily supplement designed to supercharge your immunity. And boy, do we need this now with COVID-19 and the revelation that the COVID-19 spike protein could be in our body for a year and a half after the illness or after vaccination. The next product is focus and memory. And again, this brain fog that happens in the long COVID syndrome and even occurs in the post-vaccination syndrome appears to be really calling for uh, a lot of the essential ingredients in the focus product for healthy cell. And then lastly, my favorite product is the sleep product. The REM sleep uh, healthy cell product has a wonderful blend of uh, combinations of key elements to restore normal sleep architecture. It's very important. It's different than getting uh, put to sleep or forced to sleep. Getting a healthy sleep and having normal sleep architecture is quality sleep. And when we have good quality sleep, we have lower stress hormones during the day. We feel better. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to bed tonight until I've taken my Healthy Cell REM sleep product. So go to HealthyCell.com. And when you order, hit the promo box and type in out loud. That will give you a 20% discount off the products. Uh, try them. Uh, try a box. Try all three. And do your own self-assessment. I know I've, I've done it. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, 
sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's my great pleasure to bring to the show today, Dr. Mary Bowden. Dr. Bowden received her undergraduate degree at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, one of the nation's finest undergraduate universities. She went on to the Medical College of Georgia, received her MD degree. She then trained at Stanford University School of Medicine in internal medicine. And I can tell you, I trained on the West Coast too. Uh, This Stanford is one of the most prestigious programs that any medical student can get into for internal medicine training. Uh, She's now in practice in Houston, Texas, and she's been a leader in the early treatment of COVID-19, has advocated the evidence-based treatments. And I wanted to bring on the show to give her a few comments about how she got involved in early treatment and where it's taken her her in her practice. Dr. Bowden, welcome to the McCullough Report. Thank you. I, uh, I'm actually an ENT um, and I, I stumbled into COVID because I have a private practice, solo practitioner, and I had patients asking me how they could get tested early on, uh, late February, early March when the pandemics first began. So I started testing patients and my little ENT practice morphed into a COVID practice. And to date, I've tested I've run over 80,000 COVID tests, and now I've started treating patients as outpatient, and I've treated over 2,000 patients uh, uh, for COVID, primarily with monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, and breathing treatments. That's extraordinary. In fact, I, I now need to give Dr. Bowden an upgrade on her introduction, the listeners should know that there's kind of a hierarchy in medicine. I'm a medical doctor and Dr. Bowden ranks above me because she actually did her training in ear, nose and throat surgery. It's called otolaryngology, which is actually one of the most competitive residencies to get into uh, in the United States. So you've treated thousands of patients, which is extraordinary. You're probably among uh, the nation's top experts in treating COVID-19. Uh, my practice is very similar. I really feature these monoclonal antibodies. I think they really do work. We administer them early. I'm in the middle of practice right now, just like you. I just finished with a heart failure patient who received these monoclonal antibodies as well as the other drugs and sequence combination. And now we're on the back end of the syndrome. Are you seeing residual pulmonary disease or sinopulmonary disease in your patients? Yes, I saw a patient on Friday, in fact, who has to use oxygen. She's a young, healthy 30-something-year-old um, with a young child who I walked into my um, into the exam room and I was shocked because she was on oxygen and basically long-haul COVID. Um, and yeah, more and more. I mean, it's until recently, it was primarily acute COVID, but now more and more I'm seeing uh, long-haul COVID. Do you think there's any relationship to the um, initiation of early treatment or the intensity of early treatment and whether or not individuals get residual lung damage? That is my hunch. Um, it's, you know, it's an evolving disease. It's, it's, you know, more and more information comes out. And, uh, but yeah, my hunch is the people that get treated very early are the ones that do very well. And the ones that come to see me, you know, day 10 of their symptoms are the ones that are going to have more of an issue. 
You know, it's been my experience. I have a few people in my practice. One lady hospitalized here in Dallas. She's elderly. She received no early treatment whatsoever. She was told there's no treatment. She was in the hospital. Uh, she was on the mechanical ventilator. She got off. I think she was two or three months in the hospital. And now her, her chest X-ray and CT are markedly abnormal. It has uh, mm. kind of a stigma of what's called an organizing pneumonia. And mm-hmm. she has had a prolonged course on oxygen. And I've tried a variety of interventions. And I've been impressed with uh, L. Johnson here in Dallas and then Michael Robb in Phoenix with an innovative program where they're not only using some combinations of drugs, whether it be prednisone, colchicine, prolonged ivermectin, but also mm-hmm. employing pulmonary rehab and hyperbaric treatment. Uh, mm-hmm. what, your, what your reaction would be to that? Well, I love the idea of pulmonary rehab. I actually, in my clinic, have uh, a a outside practice that comes in once a week. They're called Breathe Fit. And it's all about pulmonary rehab and and helping people. It's like physical therapy for your lungs. Um, Hyperbaric oxygen, it sounds like a a promising treatment. I don't have a lot of firsthand knowledge on that though. Well, I can tell you that and tell the audience that, you know, doctors like Dr. Bowden and myself um, are highly sought out by patients because we run first-class outpatient programs, but as part of our hospital um, connection, that doctors, even in clinics, commonly have hospital uh, privileges and hospital affiliations. It's in the setting that we would need to do a surgery or have a hospitalization, or sometimes just be able to provide advice to our patients who are admitted to other doctors in the hospital. We maintain our privileges, and our privileges are linked many times to our insurance contracts, our group um, uh, our group uh, affiliation agreements, et cetera. And, um, and Dr. Bowden recently um, received uh, really an alarming uh, sequence of events from Houston Methodist Hospital in Houston, one of actually one of the Texas's best hospitals. She's at Houston Methodist um, here in Dallas at a very similar large academic institution. Tell us what happened with Houston Methodist. Well, I, don't, I only have, I actually, since I've had privileges there, as they pointed out, I have never admitted a patient and I only had privileges there sort of as an emergency situation. So my ties with them were very loose. I'm pretty outspoken in that I do not agree with vaccine mandates and I am a strong supporter of patient autonomy. And they have branded themselves as the leaders of the vaccine mandates and basically were diametrically opposed in our beliefs. And they, I mean, I honestly think it was a publicity stunt. They told the Houston Chronicle um, that that's how I found out that my privileges were suspended. Um, So yeah, they suspended my privileges and then I decided to resign uh, because I wanted nothing of of a hospital that would do that. But it's important for the listeners to understand that hospital privileges are related to training, related to board certification, continuing medical education. You don't have to admit a single patient to the hospital to have hospital privileges. Privileges have what's called open staff. Uh, I'm at a large hospital, actually two hospitals joined together here as open staff. And, um, uh, you know, and I maintain those rights to be able to walk into the hospital if I want to provide advice to maybe one of my patients admitted to another service. If I want to directly admit a patient or be a consultant, I can. But if I don't want to, I don't have to. Um, but this idea that um, it's, it's in a sense having privileges to do anything else. It's privileges to go into a, a, a public space or privileges to be a part of 
a chamber of commerce or what have you. It's a professional, so it's a professional set of privileges. They are not subject to one's viewpoint on an experimental vaccine. Exactly. And so that's effect, it's effectively what we call a restriction of, of free trade or, or, or an attempted restriction of free trade. And we've seen uh, basically hospital systems and Houston is Methodist is in the lead on this on crossing the line. And in fact, they are being sued for crossing the line with their employees, mm -hmm. restricting mm -hmm. their medical freedom. And now they've taken this action against you. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's outrageous and unheard of. And, uh, you know, typically if they, if they really had concerns, they would give me a phone call. They would not tell the Houston Chronicle and I wouldn't find out that way. So it's just completely unprofessional, unethical, and um, just, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's very important for the, the listeners to know that hospital privileges actually are subject to the federal law, and um, uh, as well as there's a whole variety of uh, state rules that apply. Uh, but there's also rules that the American so uh, Hospital Association have that the um, what's called the Joint Commission on Hospital Accreditation have with respect to independent medical staff. And there is uh, a due process. That, that, that they must follow dealing with uh, doctors. So uh, they, a due process does involve uh, phone calls and then there'd be some type of interview. And it would mm -hmm. typically be in the setting of what's considered e either inactive um, of medical malfeasance. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, you, you, you operated on the wrong, wrong side of the body or something like this, mm. or it would be what's considered an act of moral turpitude. Um, right. Be, you know, drugs and alcohol, things like this. Um, but it wouldn't be your viewpoints on treating patients with monoclonal antibodies or ivermectin. It certainly wouldn't be your viewpoints on whether or not someone um, takes an experimental vaccine. So this, mm -hmm. lack of, this lack of due process and really this, um, uh, this totalitarian um, uh, approach that Houston Methodist, and this is basically uh, in, indicative of, of really many businesses and many governmental agencies right now. They are trying right. over the rights of all different types of constituents. You know, the doctor constituent to a hospital is a very important constituency and they've trampled all over it. And I think there's gonna be a lot more repercussions for hospitals who do this in the future. I agree, I hope so. Okay. Well, Dr. Bowden, do you have any final comments for the McCullough Report audience? No, I um, appreciate you letting me tell my story. And I hope uh, everybody will speak up and stand up to these vaccine mandates and uh, let your voice and your opinion be heard, because that's the only way it's going to change. Well, I can tell you that your practice is probably similar to mine. It's absolutely overflowing with patients. Uh, mm -hmm. Americans, uh, the fraction of Americans who have not taken the vaccine, they clearly don't want it. And the, pay, and the fraction of, of, of the population that took the vaccines, many of them have regrets. They, right. in no way, they in no way want to take boosters. And the temperature uh, and the enthusiasm for COVID-19 vaccination in the United States has plummeted to a low and it's not getting any better. As individuals recover from COVID-19, that's about half of my clinic today, people have had COVID-19. Um, uh, they know, and now the CDC admits that they can't get COVID-19 a second time and spread it to everybody. It's basically over with. And right. so natural immunity, is that your case in your practice? You have many patients uh, now? Definitely. I see. I mean, I have some patients who say they've had COVID twice, but it's very few and far between. 
And in fact, when I looked at the, my data from the last two months, 57% of my positive cases were in patients that were fully vaccinated. 57% fully vaccinated were positive for COVID. That's extraordinary. I've, saw, I've seen one today already. Well, listen, I'll let that be the last word, Mary. Thank you so much for being on the McCullough Report. Thank you so much. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report.